Hey there, everybody, and Happy New Year. Here we are. It's uh, January 2023. My name's Scott Durfee. I'm here with uh, Uncle David. We're doing another season of podcasts. How are you today, David? I'm good. Great Christmas and looking forward to a new year, Scott. Always exciting to have a new year. With a new year comes kind of a new lease on life for a lot of people, Dave, and so we're going to you know, maybe start to moving in that direction uh, as we go with the podcast this year. So, hey, what what do you want to start with? Today? Well, I'm excited about that as we begin a new season and as we begin a new year. Uh, I I thought it would be really helpful for for all of us, ourselves included, if we talked about what it means to live an intentional life. I I've that's been on my heart for for some time. I've noticed that uh, President Nelson Scott, this is one of his favorite words, yeah. is the word intent or intentional, and he he keeps bringing it up. I even remember before he was the president of the church that he g- gave this amazing talk, and he really focused on what it means to pray with real intent from Moroni chapter 10, verse 4. You know, that if, if you receive these things, verse 3, Moroni 10, and then you, you pray about it with a sincere heart, with real intent. And I remember him really focusing on the word, emphasizing the word intent, and what, what a prayer of real intent means. So even before he was president of the church, but since he's been president, there's a, there's a few quotes that I'd like to begin with where he invites us to be more intentional in our living of the gospel. You you want to read that? Yeah, first one, the first Scott, one. I've got the first one right here. So this is from October 2018 in the sister session of conference. He says, "Be intentional about talking of Christ, rejoicing in Christ, and preaching of Christ with your families and friends. You and they will be drawn closer to the Savior through this process and changes. Even miracles will begin to happen." So, so just think about this quote for a minute, Scott, being more intentional about talking of Christ, being more intentional in rejoicing in Christ. I mean, mean, we can talk about this a little more later, but what does that look like to to be more intentional in rejoicing in Christ? What does it look like when we're more intentional in preaching of Christ? And the promises that he gives, he gives really two promises that not only miracles will happen, but that will be, does he say drawn to him? I'm just going to read it again. Be intentional about talking of Christ, rejoicing in Christ, and preaching of Christ with your families and friends. And then here's the promise. You and they will be drawn closer to the Savior through this process, and changes, even miracles, will begin to happen. I think it's interesting here how he says, you will be drawn closer to the Savior. That makes sense to me. But, yep. there, but there's a, there's a uh, kind of a revel- revelatory thing for me, at least there, that our families and our friends, they will also be drawn closer to Christ through my efforts. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, what a promise to be drawn, yeah. Yeah. to be drawn closer to Jesus Christ, to have the, the promise of change and miracles in our life. I, 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 think, I think that's in a, one of the great promises that uh, President Nelson has given us as, as, as our prophet. And, and another one was in the uh, April 2020 conference session when he gives this amazing talk, which I think is a classic entitled Hear Him, and he says, As we seek to be disciples of Jesus Christ, our efforts to hear him need to be ever more intentional. And uh, he goes on, skipping just a little bit down here. He says, I renew my plea for you. Whenever a prophet says that he renews his plea or I again plea, that gets my attention. I renew my plea for you to do whatever it takes to increase your spiritual capacity to receive personal revelation. What will happen as you more intentionally, that word, as you more intentionally hear, hearken, and heed what the Savior has said and what he is saying now through his prophets? I promise you, that you will be blessed with additional power to deal with temptations, struggles, 
and weakness. I promise you, miracles in your marriage, family relationships, and your daily work. And I promise that your capacity to feel joy will increase even if turbulence increases in your life. That's, I just think that's an amazing promise. Um, greater power, miracles in your relationships, even your work, and then the promise to have increased capacity for joy even as turbulence increases. So we've been promised by a prophet that as we live a more intentional life, that we will that we will be blessed as we consider making this year scott as we begin a new year goals and resolutions i've i've just pondered and want to discuss this with you and our listeners about uh, so as we as we do that how can we set goals and just tweak them or kind of redirect them to be more intentional meaning more focused on Jesus Christ, rejoicing in him, hearing him, receiving him, strengthening our relationship with him. How can we do that as we set as we set goals and as we make resolutions? I think, Dave, before we can do that, we really have to define what intent even means. We have to discuss what does it mean to be intentional in these things, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what does that what does it look like, Scott? Do, what yeah. does it look like to live an intentional life? Or what is it what does it look like to pray with real intent or to study our scriptures with real intent as we start a new come follow me this year? What would it look like to do that with real intent or ministering with real right, intent, right, serving right, with real intent, right. uh, attending the temple, with participating in temple ordinances with real intent. How does that all look well, like, and what's the difference? Well, first off, it, real intent it to what? You know, I intend to what? And so that we need to talk about that too, right? So my intention, if, we, if we're going to talk about, and, and I think this is what President Nelson was talking about, in fact, I know it is, when he's talking about being intentional about talking of Christ, rejoicing in Christ, and preaching of Christ, intentional means that we have a purpose behind what it is that we're doing, mm-hmm. right? And we're not just floating. And so, you know, for example, you know, if I go for a horse ride, and I just get on my horse and I just go for a ride, I don't know where I'll go. But if yeah. I but if I get on my horse and my intention is to go around the Timpanooki Loop and come down Horse Flat and come back to Timpanooki through Sam, uh, Salamander Flat and all that other stuff, then I have intent and I have a plan to do that intent. And so that's what intentional means. Intentional. And so for me, when we talk about being intentional about talking of Christ, of rejoicing in Christ and preaching in Christ, what we're intending is our relationship with Christ. Yeah. And that's what I think that's what President Nelson's inviting us to do is to be more intentional about our entire relationship with Jesus Christ. And so as we think about and start setting and considering what goals or directions we want to take this year as a new year, and and if we are going to do that intentionally, then we need to make sure, if that's our intent, is to be one with Christ, to be yoked with Christ, to have our lives and his be the same, or, or, or have our will swallowed up in his will, that that intent or, or all of those things intentionally need to be taking us closer to him. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's, that's right, Scott. It's the focus— on, on Jesus Christ and our relationship with him and, and also with our Heavenly Father and, and with the Holy Ghost who speaks the words of Christ. As we really just focus and center our, our thoughts, our efforts, our goals on, on exercising greater faith and developing a, a stronger relationship with divinity, I think that's what it means to do it with real intent. Instead of just going through the motions, instead of just doing it, that we do it with a purpose. And that purpose, I think, Scott, is the one needful thing that uh, Jesus uh, told Martha in that amazing story that's been preserved by Luke in Luke Luke chapter 10, where he where he 
in Luke chapter 10. If you do you have it there, yeah, Scott? yeah, you want to be, begin with verse 40. You know, we have this story that, yeah. that Jesus is with uh, Martha and Mary, these are the sisters of Lazarus, and they're in Bethany, and and uh, Jesus is staying with them as he did, I think, freq- frequently, even the last week of his life. He he was staying there, and uh, we have this experience. And Martha is busy serving. I think it used the word cumbered, which literally in the Greek means distracted. And uh, and then Jesus teaches her a powerful lesson that I, I think is probably the at the heart of what it means to live an intentional life. Luke 10, verse 40. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. But one thing is needful. What's that one thing? I, I, you know, I've pondered that so much of my life, Scott, and I've come to the conclusion that it just means to learn of him, to, to hear him, to be close to him, to, to think of him, have a relationship with him, that it's, uh, it's all about all of our life, really, our whole purpose in this life is is to learn how to receive uh, Jesus Christ in our life, to receive his redemption, his salvation, his teachings, his atoning sacrifice, his mercy, his grace, all of these as gifts from our loving Heavenly Father, and uh, to receive all of that in our life. And we can't do it, Scott, when we are, are distracted by so many good things. There are so many good things. You know, you've heard the saying, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. There's so many good things that we can do, even in the church, Scott. There's right. so many good things. Yep. But if it's not the right things, right. so I like to think when I hear the saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, I like to think the road to heaven is paved with the right intentions or the expedient in, in, intentions, which I believe are the ones that are centered in Jesus Christ, receiving and administering the atonement of the Jesus Christ in my life and in the life of my family and in the life of those that I love and serve my neighbors. So... I think that this is not a hard thing that we have to do. It's just a refocusing. It it takes effort, but it's not hard. It's it's simple, really. It's not easy, right. but it's simple that we just have to look to Christ and live. Well, and that's what uh, that's what Mary's doing here. You know, if we read verse thirty nine, which we didn't do, which would have come before all that we read. And this is what it says. And she had a sister, meaning Martha had a sister, called Mary, which also sat at the feet at at Jesus's feet and heard his word. Yeah, that's what Martha, or that's, that's what Mary was doing. That's what was needful, and that's the one needful thing. As we set our intentions and as we begin to plan for the entire year, if we are able to keep this in the forefront of our mind, in doing so, then all of our intentions will be will have a higher probability of being much more pure, that's for sure. Yeah, I can, I can uh, envision that some of my goals and yeah. your, your resolutions, yeah. just like our listeners, will be to, uh, to do Come Follow Me weekly. Right. Right? Good goal. To do it daily. To, to read Come Follow Me passages daily. That, and that's great. That's a really great goal, right? It's a great goal. But if we just tweak it, if we just kind of change the focus a little bit, and it is to do come follow me to strengthen our relationship with Jesus Christ or to receive the blessings of grace and mercy, forgiveness in my life, or to do come follow me 
so that I can be a better parent in administering the atonement of Jesus Christ in the lives of my children or my grandchildren. I mean, if we'll just really, when we set these goals, if we'll just think about why am I doing this or the who, who am I, who am I trying to get closer to by doing this? Who cares if I do this? Uh, how is this going to affect my relationships with my Heavenly Father, with Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost, and my family? That's what, that's what it means, Scott, to, to be more intentional and to live an intentional life. So when we talk about living an intentional life, I mean, we can use that as a big blanket statement, but it might be helpful if we were to kind of break that down a little bit and kind of, you know, we have a category, maybe subcategorize that a little bit and talk about, okay, in what parts of our life, you know, and obviously we can say that in every part of our life, we should be living more intentional. We are likely to get more results and a draw closer unto him if we focus on a few of those things with more intent. So for example, David, let's talk about praying. What about praying with intent? Well, so an, an intentional life is a life that is centered in Jesus Christ. Right. And if we are to do what President Nelson invited us to do, to be more intentional in hearing him, a prayer of real intent would be instead of, as I often pray, I, and I still find myself praying like this, and it's a wonderful prayer, and I feel the Spirit, but it's maybe not as intentional as it could be. And I maybe don't receive, I, maybe I don't receive the blessings that that I could have received if I would pray a little bit more with intent, with real intent. So I often pray, help me. Help me to be a better husband. Help me to be, be a better dad. Help me to be a better granddad. Help me to be a better patriarch. If if sometimes I would pray with real intent, I might pray, how can I be a better husband? And then listen to hear him. Listen for revelation from Jesus Christ, for direction, specifically in my life. Jesus Christ answering an inspired question through the Holy Ghost. So I guess it would be safe then to probably say uh, that when we talk about intent, we're really also not just, but also talking about focus, right? It's really taking time, Scott. It takes, not hard, just takes a little more time to maybe really think about what do I need help with and then crafting in our mind an inspired question. Right. Inspired questions to God in prayer lead to revelatory responses. And if we want to do what President Nelson has asked us to do, to be more intentional to hear him, we need to ask more inspired questions, which which takes some effort and some time. And I think what it really means to pray with real intent, Scott, is to, to pray more with the Spirit instead of just kneeling down and going through the motions, to, to take really some time, whatever that may be, in order to really think about what we're thankful for and to what we want to really ask for, to receive revelation and direction in our life, and to really do it under the direction of the Holy Ghost, to pray by the Spirit. I love that this scripture in Doctrine and Covenants 46, the revelation on the gifts of the Spirit, and verse 30 says, He that asketh in the Spirit asketh according to the will of God, wherefore it is done even as he asketh. I, I love that, Scott, and I love what it, the, it says under the topic of prayer in the Bible dictionary, that Heavenly Father knows what we need, and it's our responsibility, and I think this is what a prayer of real intent is, it's our responsibility to be inspired by the Holy Ghost to ask for what Heavenly Father knows that we need according to his will. This even goes on to say, and ye must give thanks unto God in the Spirit for whatsoever blessings ye are blessed with. I, I, there's, a, there's a certain power of a prayer of real intent, different than just a prayer, because we do it under the direction of the, of the Spirit. Right. And we do it in order to receive 
revelation and, and direction and to hear the voice of the Lord. So when we've talked to a lot of our uh, guests that we've had that we've done interviews with and as we've focused on it a great deal uh, in Alma, you know, so uh, apparently then a, a real intentional prayer might be more of a crying out sometimes too. Yeah, kind of kind of a surrender. You know, yeah. the, um, last week we interviewed somebody. Our listeners will have the pleasure to to hear this interview maybe in a in another week or two uh, with uh, Mandy and Jory Norton. But I remember uh, it was powerful. It was a powerful moment for me in that interview uh, when he was describing uh, his going through an addiction and feeling like he was just uh, digging himself out of a hole. In fact, making tunnels, yeah. going from tunnel to tunnel, right. and every day feeling like he was getting deeper and deeper in this hole. And he finally reached this point where he was willing to surrender, and, and, and in desperation he cries out you know, to God, and he hears like a voice, put down your shovel and look up. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really, that's not hard. But it it takes some effort and and spirit and revelation and and he looks he looked up. That was the key to his recovery. It reminds me really, Scott, the living a life of real intent is to just be so centered and so focused on Jesus Christ that when we are bit by the serpents, like Moses in the wilderness, he has this brass serpent, right? Mm-hmm. And when he's when the people are bit by these fiery, flying, poisonous serpents, all they have to do. And we're all bitten every day, right? We're every day we're bitten by snakes of right. sin. Yep. Every day we sin. The yep. fall is a part of our our everyday life, and always will be. And a life of real intent is to go through life knowing that as soon as we do that, we can look up. We can look up to Christ. We can look at the the Savior on the cross. You know, it, is, it struck me uh, this Christmas in our sacrament meeting, a message was shared, and uh, I've thought about it ever since, that we have to reach a point where we take baby Jesus out of the manger, and now as we begin a new year, we put him on the cross. And living a life of intention is to be able to look up, not just look down at baby Jesus in a manger, which is so sweet and tender, but to look up at the suffering Christ. And to, to, you know, maybe we can talk about how we do this. He has commanded us, look unto me in every thought, doubt not, fear not, behold the wound in my side and the prints of the nails in my hands and feet. This is what it means, Scott, to live an intentional life. I, I've asked this question before on this podcast. Is it even possible to look unto Christ in every thought? Is that even possible? I don't, I've tried to experiment with this, Scott, and I, I, I think I have n- not succeeded. One day, where in every thought, in every possible thought I think, I, I'm looking to Christ, and he's the center of it. But it's the process. It's the effort. It's the conscious thinking about that and trying to look unto him in every thought that really matters, and that's what it means to live an intentional life, and that's how we do it, is by looking to Christ. Let's be clear. We're talking about living an intentional life in Jesus Christ. We're talking about living intentionally to have the effects of the atonement of Jesus Christ always at work in our lives as administrated to us through the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. David, at some point, you know, and you know people, I know people, in some areas, you know, some people have the, you know, I don't know what else other word to use, but muscle memory, right? They have just conditioned themselves because of their relationship with Jesus Christ. And, And when we are around them, we feel that, and it can intentionally become who we are. But it doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen by what we do either. We have to have intention to live our lives in alignment with Heavenly Father and with Jesus Christ, and that intention has to be there. Once it's there and becomes a part of us, 
then that look unto me in every thought becomes more of who we are. Well, here's the grand secret, Scott. The, the people who are like that yeah. are the people who are repenting the most. Daily. Yeah. They are the ones who are repenting daily throughout their life. They are the ones, the grand secret of those who appear to be pure or more consecrated or holy or sanctified. Those are the people who are repenting the most because they feel the greatest need. They know that they are fallen. They know they are wretched. They know they are lost. They know their need that with, with... Without Christ, they are nothing. They know that they can merit nothing of themselves, that only through Christ can they be saved or redeemed. That's, that's the grand secret. And an intentional life is to know that and to live like that. And, Scott, I, you know, there's so many great um, kind of do-it-yourself uh, gurus or... Um, uh, positive mental thinking and self-improvement kits and books and speakers that that are really right really popular this time of year as we look forward to a new year and new beginning even in our even in our own church i recently heard another podcast and even a devotional that this individual had given about uh, positive self-talk and and positive power of the mind and being more mindful and the power in that. And I know there's power in that. Absolutely. But there's no redemptive power in that, Scott, if it is not focused in Jesus Christ. And there's the real intent that we're talking about. To live an intentional life means to live a life that is seeking redemption, that is seeking salvation. That's right. That's what it means to live with, to to live an intentional life means means that we are living a life where we are seeking or depending upon, relying alone upon the author and the finisher of our salvation and our faith, which is Jesus Christ. We need to really do that before we sit down and determine, oh, here's where I need to be better. We need to sit down and focus on that relationship with him so that when we approach, for example, if I've set a goal this year uh, that, you know, I want to be more intentional in my scripture study. Okay, well then, now that I've used the word intentional in my scripture study, what exactly does that mean? Well, for me, what that means is, is I'm looking for him. You know, I, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, we're, we talk about the how as we go here, through here, but for example, in Doctrine and Covenants section 19, uh, what verse? Uh, section verse 19, 23. verse 23, he yeah. says, learn of me and listen to my words. Walk in the meekness of of my, my spirit. spirit, and you shall have peace in me. Right, and, and so you know, as we do this, as we learn of Him, as we listen to His words, as we learn to walk in the meekness of His Spirit, then we can, as we approach, for example, Scripture study. Well, if that's what my intent is, is to learn of Him, right. to learn how to walk in the meekness of His Spirit, then my relationship totally changes. My relationship with the Scriptures is completely different that yeah. way than it would have been if you if it, my intent and my goal was to, you know what, Scott, you need to go have a better scripture study. Okay, what does that mean? You know, but if I do it with intent to have the redemption of Jesus Christ in, alive in my life, then I have a different approach. Well, you're an elders quorum president, and you do lots of, lots of uh, ministering interviews, Scott, and, and it's the, it's, here's the difference. Instead of asking, how's your scripture study, if you ask somebody, how are you strengthening your relationship with Jesus Christ in your scripture study? That that's a totally different question. Yeah. And one is you're doing a task. Yeah. And the other one is you're doing something with real intent. So that's what we should be asking ourselves. That's right. And and, and I love the scripture that you read in in Doctrine and Covenants 19:23. It says you shall have peace in me. Oh, there's so many people in the world that that love peace, live for peace, and enjoy peace, who aren't even Christian. That is not the same level of having peace in Christ. So everything that we're talking about today, living a life of real intent, 
is living a life in Christ. In fact, I think it's described a life of intention or living a life with real intent is described in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 by Paul when he, when he writes, For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I just really love that, Scott, that it's, it's, not, an, it's not enough to be mindful. What's really needed, what should really be our intent, is to have the mind of Christ. It's not just enough for us to be mindful and be present, present of all my surroundings. What's really awesome is if I can be present with Christ, thinking of his atoning sacrifice, grace, mercy, merits, blessings in my life, presently, in the past, in the future, looking forward with an eye of faith to, to his coming, you know, I, that's, what it, that's what I think it, it means to live with real intent, is that we have the mind of Christ, not just being mindful in the present. And because of that, all things that we approach, so let's talk about a couple more. What about, for example, what would being more intentional in partaking of the sacrament every Sunday look like? Oh, yeah, good one. You yeah, know? So, so, so many times, right, we just go through the motions of that. We do. But if, if we did that with the mind of Christ, we would our, our thoughts would be centered in him for sure. Yeah. And in fact, I think that I don't do this enough, and I, I know that when I do, it really makes a difference, is that when I go to the sacrament table or sacrament meeting repenting, that when I start repenting Saturday night, that when I go to church on Sunday to partake of the sacrament, it seems like I... That's when I really take it with real intent, is that I'm I'm doing it to be forgiven, and I believe, according to my faith in Christ and my understanding, that if I have repented and I partake of that sacrament and receive the promises of having His Spirit to always be with me, that I am forgiven of my sins. Approaching the sacrament too, with having intent to have a closer relationship with Christ, the symbols become more meaningful too. The Definitely. bread, the bread, the water, even the uh, covering of the sacrament, even the sacrament table, the altar, the sacrament table itself, uh, even the way it's administered. You know, and I also think of the Aaronic priesthood young men in our wards, if, if they're preparing the sacrament, mm. having more intent to be closer to Jesus Christ or intentionally to help us all to have the experience that we should be having. I wonder what their experience might be different, how their exp- experience might be different. How would it change us as parents to yeah. prepare our children to partake yeah. of the sacrament yeah. of real intent? How would, we, how would it be different as a family sitting there partaking of the sacrament? Have our, are our children, have they been taught you know, what it means, the symbols and emblems of the sacrament? Yeah. And are they thinking of Christ? And maybe we would share different storybooks or coloring books or whatever that are just a little more focused on Jesus Christ. So you know, there's there's so many things that we can just tweak. Aren't hard, right? Just with small adjustments. Aren't but aren't easy. They're That's just simple. True too. Just yeah. simple yeah. little changes that we make. For example, how would ministering change? You know, you're an elders corn president, and ministering would right instead of just overseeing people's needs or looking out for people or taking over cookies or do and those are there's so many good things those are all good things. all good all good stuff all right all good things but they may not be the right things or they may not be the best things or it may not be complete so minister there you go ministering to be more whole a higher and holier form of ministering would be to seek to administer the atonement of jesus christ into the lives of people, to seek to help them feel the love of God and the sacrifice and gift of his son in their life. That would be what I would think would make ministering with real intent uh, more powerful in, in the church. And how do we do that? We go to Doctrine and Covenants, section 19, verse 23 again. We learn of him. We learn of me and listen to my words and walk 
in the meekness of my way. We read that. It's really beautiful the way that's written. In fact, songs have been written about it. Deb sings the most beautiful song that's taken this verse as kind of a thesis or a theme. But, you know, when we read these beautiful words, sometimes we don't necessarily catch the full meaning. But he says, learn of me. Listen to my words and walk in the meekness of my way. When we walk in his meek way, our intent is no longer has to be manufactured by us. It comes up because that's who we were born to be. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm i thinking of an experience I had with, with Elder Anderson when we rededicated the Institute of Religion as, as the director there at the UVU Institute of Religion after a multi-million dollar complete renovation of the building because of my relationship with Elder Anderson at the time, I just asked him in one of our conversations if if he would be willing to consider rededicating our building. And he said, well, I'll have to ask uh, President Ballard and see if I can, if he'll give me that assignment. I thought that was kind of a little learning lesson that the, how the, how the Quorum of the Twelve operate and how they, they have to be assigned uh, to do things like that from the president of the quorum. And, and he made that request to President Ballard, and President Ballard gave him that assignment. I had invited all 27 stake presidents to bring their wives to the Institute and have a, have a moment with an apostle, Elder Anderson, and to, to be able to hear his testimony and feel the Spirit and to ask maybe some questions. And Elder Anderson was more than willing to do that, and uh, all 27 stakes were represented. Now, these are 27... Young, Young adult stakes. Adult yeah, stakes. thank you, Scott. Yeah, that's important to note. Can you? Can you I ma- can't even imagine twenty-seven of them. Twenty-seven, just just young in just adult. in this area. Yeah, just in Utah County. Yeah, yeah, just in Utah County. Not the state are, of Utah. I know. I those those in other countries right now are <laughs> just like I are shaking their head. Right. And anyway, there are twenty-seven young adult stake presidents or a counselor in the case of two stakes and their wives. And he bore a powerful apostolic uh, testimony and blessing. And then he asked them if he had any, if they had any questions. This one stake president uh, asked uh, Elder Anderson, he said, Elder Anderson, can you help us? Uh, we have so many young adults in our stake who are struggling uh, with sin, who are going through a faith crisis, some of them uh, leaving the church. He said, even my own son, how can you help us? What counsel would you give us to help them to not leave the church? And Elder Anderson's answer was so simple and so powerful. He said, will you just get them to focus on Jesus Christ? Just help them to feel close to Jesus Christ help them in their relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't worry so much about their activity or their relationship in the church. Focus on Jesus Christ and their relationship with him. Wow. I remember I was uh, up front sitting with the elder and sister Anderson and the, as I as I looked into the faces of these uh, powerful stake president leaders uh, it was that they, they could feel the spirit and the power of that scott they they knew that what he was saying was coming to them from the spirit and that that need they, they needed to be more powerful in not just trying to keep people in the church their emphasis and their priority had to really be the in, their intent they had to be more intentional in helping their young members, young adult members, to stay focused on Jesus Christ. That's ultimately, right? That's ultimately right. what we all need. That's ultimately, if, if everything would just be focused and on him, centered in him, uh, redemption through him, uh, th- that would solve all of our problems. Well, and Dave, you know, we've talked about so far prayer. We've talked about the sacrament, you know, and, and, and scripture study, ministering, ministering, serving, but, but, you know, and, and those are all 
have to do with spiritual things. We can also talk about temporal things and still focus on being centered in Christ. For example, this time of year, a lot of financial goals are going to be made, especially this year. A lot of finance is going to be really taken care of and put. Heavenly Father cares about that. Absolutely. He absolutely cares about that, and we can focus on Jesus Christ when we do that. Heavenly Father cares about our health. Physical I mean, we, needs, financial needs. We have a needs, whole section in the Doctrine of Covenants needs. that have to do with our health. He cares about that. Yes. So if we need to lose weight, we can lose weight, If we and we are better suited to do so if we do it with a focus in Jesus Christ. Yeah, the intent All makes a that. powerful difference. Right, right. One it, of the things they, that I, I'm focusing on this year, <laughs> you know, yeah. just being nicer, and that's easier for me to do if I'm focused on Jesus Christ, if I learn of him and I learn to walk in the meekness of his way, being nicer to other people is going to be, I'll be able to achieve, achieve that a lot more readily if I have that focus on Jesus yeah. Christ, for example. Yeah, our motives, are, yeah. if our motives, they really matter. There's, there's more power in some right. motives than others. Yeah. Even even in our, uh, lots, lots of people, all of us, right, are going to be setting goals and resolutions on exercise and diet. Well, how much more powerful would it be if our if our goal to do uh, daily exercise, daily activities, would be it so that I might be able to more appropriately or powerfully fill the spirit in my life, so that I'll have the health and strength that I can be a more effective instrument in the life of my heavenly Father in administering the atonement of Jesus Christ into the lives of others so that I'll be healthier, live a longer, more productive life so that I can be a better parent, so that I can become a grandparent, so that I can help others. When we, when we kind of see life through that lens, it, change, it changes, Scott. It changes how we eat. It changes... Yeah. All of it, it changes how we sleep. It changes how we take care of ourselves. It changes how we treat others. You know, it, it, that's kind of the essence of it. I, I again, I think I said this when I was ordained to be a patriarch, and I, I felt that just this incredible need to walk and to live by the Spirit. It changed everything in my life. If if we would just really focus and center on Jesus Christ this year in all of our goals, in all of our resolutions, so that we can help ourselves and others to draw closer to him, to learn of him, to center our lives in him, to receive him and the effects and blessings and powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ in our life. It changes our life, Scott. And what a beautiful thing that is. You know, I think that so many of us believe, whether it's through conditioning, whether we were taught this, whether we just observe it maybe or, or think we observe it and interpret it in others. But I think that there's a belief that we can that we partition our lives and that on one side of our life, we have our relationship with Heavenly Father and all things spiritual. Mm. And then on the other side of our life, we have all things temporal yeah. or secular or natural matter, however we decide to say that. Well, there is no partition. Partition that partition does not exist. All of our life is spiritual. Well, and 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 in having that intentional focus on all things that we do better in Christ, then all of our life becomes better. I heard Elder Nelson say that he does not compartmentalize his life. Right. Our life is not like individual silos, you know, this silo type of mindset or life where we, we go from silo to silo. That's not how we, that's not a life of, in, of intention. That's not an intentional life. Uh, there is one needful thing, and that thing is needful in every, every part, every phase every process of our life. And, and if we would live life like that, we would find so much more purpose, so much more peace, so much more joy, and it would all be in Jesus Christ and our relationship with him. And through him, all things are made perfect. 
brand new year, new focus. Uh, I think it'd be great if we could all take this that we've talked about today and focus on having an intentional life, intentional in Jesus Christ, and finding joy and happiness that can only come through the administration of the atonement in our lives because of it. And the last thing I want to say, Scott, is that we spent much of the first season, almost all of the first season, besides some interviews that we did, and uh, we spent most of the first season talking about uh, really how to repent, how to feel redemption and forgiveness in our life, and and that was that was pretty much our whole first season. Well, as we begin this new season, and we talk about a life, living a life, an intentional life, I think an intentional life is a life filled with repentance. It is a repenting life. An intentional life is a repenting life. None of us are going to be perfect in any of our goals or resolutions. None of us are going, we're all fallen we need to rely more upon Jesus Christ and focus in him. Our focus should not be on our sins more than they're focused upon his sacrifice for our sins. Our focus should not be more upon our life or the lives of others than it is upon the life of Jesus Christ. That's what it means to live an intentional life, is that we are daily repenting, daily seeking to enjoy the blessings and powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ in our life, Scott. And we can do that in every aspect of our life, no matter where we work, no matter where we spend our time, no matter what we spend our time doing, if in our scheduling and in our planning, which I think is really important, right? We need to plan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if, if God needed a plan... We do too. How much more important that we need a plan but that our plan should be based upon the intent of drawing closer to Jesus Christ and receiving redemption through his blood. That's an intentional life. Yeah, and, and, you know, when we talk about, uh, you know, just as as we kind of wrap up here, but, you know, we talk about uh, all of our activities and the things that lead towards those things that we're going to be intending in our lives, and we need to prioritize Right. It's important for us to because sometimes we focus too much on the things that don't matter. Yeah. You know, and so it's important for us to keep those priorities and keep that all in, in the forefront of our mind. And, you know, Stephen Covey once said, he said, it's not about prioritizing our schedule, but it's about scheduling your priorities. Yeah. You know, it's really important that we get those in order and, and, and maybe even stack ranked to a degree. And that you know? one highest priority that one needful thing should be our our relationship with our savior and redeemer and and i think to do that scott we need to somehow de- declutter yeah and simplify our lives not be like martha where she was so cumbered about with serving that she couldn't uh, she couldn't prioritize the one needful thing so I, I think that yeah. we have to kind of really, as we begin this new year, and examine and review uh, our lives, we need to say, what, what can I cut out? What can I, how can I simplify it? it it's, it's really hard to think of Christ in every thought when we're always on our phones. Or, or always chasing the next deal or always whatever it is for any of us. I mean, because all of us have the ability to be distracted. And, and, and one of those distractions for a lot of us is being busy. We shouldn't mistake being busy with being productive. Yeah, exactly. For sure. So. Or, or being efficient when we can be more effective. Yeah. I, I also think, Scott, that um, in, in all of this, it's... It's important that we, I love the Muslim practice of when they pray five times a day, yeah. uh, usually facing Mecca if they can. And, and uh, you know, when I was in Egypt and I was awakened at four o'clock in the morning by the, by the call to pray, I even got up and looked out my window and saw, saw individuals, you know, in the street praying at that hour. Uh, and and uh, there was a man in uh, the uh, cathedral in Cairo 
who, um, as I sat and watched them pray at a certain hour, and he had a big white spot in his forehead. And I asked our guide, I said, what, what's, that, uh, what's that white spot? I thought it was paint or something. Right. He had a round white spot on his forehead, on his dark-colored uh, yeah. skin forehead. Right. I said, what's, what's the white paint spot, the round circle on his forehead? And she said, that's not paint. She said, look closer. And I got closer to him, and it was a callus. It was a white skin callus, mm. perfectly round, from him touching the carpet uh, there in the mosque, praying uh, five times a day. And you know, Scott, I, I think how do we live an intentional life? I think part of it is that we, that we, we take time. Uh, we, we don't have a, a call, you know, uh, from their mosques to pray five times a day. But we could do that ourselves. And I think to live an intentional life, uh, partly at least, means to keep the injunction or the commandment that we're, we've been given to pray always, to watch and pray always. It, it takes some time and effort to do that. Yeah, it does. To, to live that kind of a life where we, we pause and we meditate and we reflect on our blessings and the source of those blessings and our our life and our day and our activities and and it that that takes some some again it's not hard but it does take effort and it's right. not easy no but it is simple and i hope that we can simplify our lives and uh, live a life of intention or an intentional life by focusing more on Jesus Christ in our daily life this year. I think that's the key, is just having that constant companionship with the Spirit because we have constant communication with our Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in uh, the 11th step of Alcoholics Anonymous states, we sought through prayer and meditation to maintain our conscious contact with God. Uh, and you know, and if we're able to maintain that conscious contact with our heavenly father and conscious, that's an action word. That mm-hmm. means we have, it requires effort from us. But if we maintain that conscious contact, if we are constantly in prayer, if we are responding to the sirens or the bells or the reminder bells of our own, in our own mind, for our own prayers, for our own communion with him, then all these things kind of work together synergistically to bring us closer to him. And the promises that we've been given by a prophet when we could be more intentional right. is is so worth the efforts. Right. And the main promise that we get through our intent of partaking of the sacrament that we may always have his spirit to be with us. That's yeah. the answer. Well, thank you, Scott. Yeah, thanks for being with Happy us, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. We look forward to being with you during this season, too. We got a few calls last week, Dave. People thought we were ending because of something, I guess, we said. But uh, we are excited to start season two here. We hope that you'll continue to join, join us and be with us. Remember that he loves you and that you have been redeemed through his blood. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.